Coming up on Philosophy Talk. College and university life is one of the primary ways in which Americans kind of decide who's who. Deconstructing the college admissions rat race. You spend all of this time when you write an application, sort of turning yourself into a file. Colleges madly recruit applicants and then turn almost all of them down. It's kind of like a nightclub, actually. The nightclub is as desirable as the proportion of partygoers it turns away. Does the admission process really make sense? One of the great virtues of the American higher education system is there are lots of different ways to be excellent. Our guest is Mitchell Stevens, author of Creating a Class, College Admissions and the Education of Elites. Recorded in front of a live high school audience in Palo Alto, California. Deconstructing the college admissions rat race. Once you get into college, it's going to be a lot easier. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. This is Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Today, we're recording the program in front of a live audience of students from Gunn and Pali High Schools in Palo Alto, California. Our thinking begins just across the street at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. Welcome, everyone, to Philosophy Talk. Our topic today, deconstructing the college admissions rat race. Getting into the college or university of your choice, especially if it's a highly selective one, has become more daunting and more stress-inducing than ever before. And John, you know, the odds are really stacked against students from the start. Consider Stanford, our own university. This year, we had just over 32,000 applicants to fill about 1,600 freshman slots. We ended up accepting just 7% of those who applied. Those are astounding numbers. Yeah, and Stanford's not alone. It's the same thing all over the country. Harvard admitted 7% of its applicants, Yale 8%, Princeton admitted a whopping 9% of its applicants, and they all have 25 to 30,000 applicants. Imagine trying to process 30,000 college files. Now, to be fair and to not distort the reality of the thing, that's not the whole story. There are many fine colleges and universities that admit a significantly higher proportion of their applicants. There are excellent options, particularly in California, where you have the junior colleges, the state colleges, and the wonderful universities. One of the greatest universities in the world, the University of California, Berkeley, for example, admitted 22% of the 48,000 who applied. So Berkeley is three times less competitive than Stanford? That, that explains a lot. That explains uh, a whole lot. Typical Stanford snobbiness. And the University of Michigan, another great university, admitted over half of its applicants. Okay, John, that's, you, you made a good point. And in all seriousness, I think it is a great thing about America that if you want to go to college, there is a school somewhere that will accept you. And, and it will probably do a very good job of educating you, too. That's true. I mean, there was even a school that accepted me. Yeah, there you uh, go. And uh, the, the proof of the pudding is in the pudding or something. So there, there's a college out there for everyone. But that really makes it all the more puzzling. Why is there such intense competition over the relatively few spots in the so-called elite colleges and universities? Well, John, I, I think that's a good question, but I think the answer is kind of obvious. The problem is that our society is obsessed I mean, extraordinarily obsessed with pedigree and prestige. 
I mean, deep in their heart of hearts, many people believe, I bet you some of the students in this audience believe, that the prestige of the college you go to will make an enormous difference to the rest of your life, an enormous difference. You know, hardly anyone stops to ask whether that belief is true. But whether or not it's true, the bare fact that it's believed gives selective colleges and universities a perverse incentive to be even more selective. Right, because people take selectivity as a signal of pedigree and prestige. Which makes prestige-hungry students and their parents even more eager to apply. And more crestfallen when they don't get in. It's a vicious circle. Increased applications means more selectivity, which means higher prestige, which means more applications, which means yada yada, you get the idea. Well, yeah, and not only is it a vicious circle, it's a costly circle. As the competition for admission has intensified, the pressure on students, pressure to be more, achieve more, it, it, that's intensified too. The pressure starts early, as early as elementary school, and continues without let-up. Now, there are a lot of advantages to a place like Stanford. They're, they're the best-looking philosophy professors in the world. Uh, you know, it's right next to Pally High. It's not far from Gun High. But even with all those advantages, I'm not sure all this pressure to get into places like Stanford is a good or healthy thing. I'm pretty sure it's not a good or healthy thing. I mean, look, it leaves many students, even highly successful students, stressed out and burned out. Or worse. Here in Palo Alto, for example, there was a rash of student suicides. I don't know that the relentless pressure to excel was a direct cause, but I wouldn't be surprised if it played a role. Yeah, yeah you know, John, somebody needs to stop and ask some tough questions about this. We need to deconstruct the college admissions rat race. What do we really get by subjecting teenagers to such intense pressure to achieve in the first place? Do we distort their lives? To what end? Whose interests are really served by the way college admissions rat race is currently structured? Th those are some very good questions, John, but you know, I'm afraid they're a little above my pay grade. Well, I hope they're not above the pay grade of our guests. That would be Mitchell <laughs> Stevens, author of Creating a Class, College Admissions and the Education of Elites. He'll be joining us in a bit. And we're very eager for questions and insights from our audience of high school students, many of whom are still navigating the admissions process. But first, a roving philosophical reporter, Caitlin Esch, looks into the psychological toll of all this pressure from the college rat race. She files this report. There's a well-known scene from the television show Saved by the Bell. Overachiever Jessie Spano is caught abusing caffeine pills so she can stay awake studying and practicing for a performance. You mean you really are taking drugs? I need them! Jessie, give me those! I need them back! I have to sing! Jessie! You can't sing tonight! Yes, I can! I'm so excited! I'm so excited! I'm so scared! There is a life-or-death feeling to a lot of this. Lisa DiMarino is a marriage and family therapist in Palo Alto, California. She says teenagers today are under even more pressure to get good grades and go to top colleges than when that episode first aired back in 1990. You know, they kind of get in this mode of, well, if I can't do it, I can't do anything else and my life is over. Most of us have tasted rejection, but when you're 17 and that letter comes telling you you didn't get into your first pit college, the pain can be especially brutal. What was your top choice when you were applying to undergraduate schools? It was probably Harvard. Did you get in? No, I didn't. My top pick was UCLA, the art major there, and they don't take a lot of people, and I didn't get in. Yet as much as it hurts, the pain doesn't last. 
And many people say getting rejected turns out to be a good thing. I wanted to go to my next best choice, which was UC Berkeley. And I'm so glad that I didn't get into UCLA because I love Berkeley. And I don't know what my life would be like over there in LA. I think it turned out to be a great decision. Texas was a fun school and I uh, got to stay close to home. People get laid off, people get fired, you know, businesses close. Rejection is part of life. DeMarino works with teenagers going through the college application process. She says the pressure to succeed can lead to somatic disorders. There's kids that are getting ulcers, that are getting migraines, that are not eating, not sleeping. Some of them just kind of freeze and give up. And then there are the more extreme cases involving panic attacks, depression, substance abuse, and even suicide. They end up staying up all night and then drinking coffee or sometimes taking even more hardcore substances to be able to stay on top of things and get all their work done. You know, I think that they definitely, there's a lot of, uh, well, I'll work really hard all week and then I'll blow it off on the weekend. And again, a lot of maybe binge drinking and some other risky behaviors. The family therapist says applying to college can be just as stressful for the straight-A student as it is for the slacker. You know, I had a girl in my office last week that was literally sobbing over her math grade. And I said, well, you know, what are you going to get? I'm thinking she's going to say an F, she said a B. And I thought, you know, and I said to her, nobody ever died from a B in math. But to her, it was a life and death situation. With dwindling resources and rising rejection rates, DeMarino says the better school districts are breeding more stressed out kids, with pressure coming from all angles, teachers, parents, even from other students. I have a nine-year-old and he told me yesterday, well, I'm gonna go to Stanford, so I have to do really good on my animal project. And I said, whoa, <laughs> like rewind. So I'm thinking, I know I'm not putting this stress on him, but he's hearing this from other kids. This bothers DeMarino. She believes kids need room to fail and room to grow, and that the leaders of tomorrow don't need to be perfect today. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Caitlin Esch. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.